Back to it live at Great American Sports Cafe with the head coach of the Cincinnati Cyclones, fresh off a three-game sweep of the Florida Everblades. Jared Scaldi, happy to have you along as we get you ready for another big week of games. Games Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday against both division rivals Kalamazoo and the first place for now, Wheeling Nailers. One quick note before we get into the games. Wednesday, for those of you that don't know, uh, a pretty cool event that we'll be doing for the second year in a row, our annual Pucks and Pino, where you, before the game you have a chance to uh, be down there for a wine tasting, hors d'oeuvres uh, served, really great food there before the game, and you get a chance to watch the game as well. If you don't have tickets for that yet, you can get them. Only 10 spaces remaining since there's limited space and limited availability. So if you wanted to be a part of that Wednesday night, be sure to contact the Cyclones tomorrow, 513-421-PUCK. 33 bucks if you don't have a ticket, but for most of you here, I imagine you do. It's just 20 bucks for a wine tasting and all the hors d'oeuvres Wednesday night before the Cyclones clash with the Kalamazoo Wings. We'll get about uh, talk a little bit about those games in just a bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the, the series with Florida, Coach, and uh, the, the two things that I found to be Really impressive, and we talked a little bit about some of them when it comes to the shots, the offense, shutting down the uh, the main scores for not only the team but the league. Uh, I thought also your killer instinct was at an all-time high this week. Uh, you were at times a lesser team perhaps would have folded in and perhaps thrown in the towel at times against a very good team. Uh, like you mentioned, on Friday and Saturday, both Florida scored first. And there were times, like you mentioned, you were just like, when are we going to beat this guy? When are we going to beat their goalie? Yet your team never relinquished uh, the the power, the momentum of the game. You never relented, and you ended up coming back to win, scoring third-period goals a couple of times, including on Wednesday and then late Friday. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you just had this feeling with the, the way, how well we were playing, how hard guys were working, that, that, that good things were going to happen. You just had this... Um, the sense of that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to find a way here. And uh, and we did. I mean, like I said, Manila's goal was absolutely terrific, an individual effort by him. And, you know, Rennie, Rennie getting that, uh, that one later on. That, But the killer instinct was definitely there. It was just we – goaltender played extremely well. We, uh, you know, we kept getting pucks to the net. But uh, there, was, there was definitely a sense of that, uh, you know, stick with the game plan here, keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to find success. And it was uh, – and, you know, like I said, it was just a tremendous uh, three games, hard-working games with everybody contributing. Well, and for the and just to give you a stat that that kind of goes along with that example, even though they were down in Florida on Friday, Florida had not lost a game. They were 15 and 0 when leading after two periods. Yet you contrast that with your record now after. You lead after two periods. You're 10-1-3, and three, so you have a killer instinct, but at times, just like on Friday, you were able to come back. Ego's huge goal, and I, I thought it was just – it was really fitting that, that the Manila goal was one that, that was kind of born out of hard work, but also if you look back at the tape, it's one that Yaroslav Janic is probably going to say, I wish I had that back. It's fitting is how well has he played and how many shots you had that that's the one that ends yep. up beating him for the winner. Yeah, I mean, uh, for Ego to come out there with a start the third period and score that goal, I mean, that was absolutely tremendous, and that really gave us a boost. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we beat we beat him, and then, uh, you know, back and forth, I thought we still had some great opportunities, and like you said, Nick, uh, great play by Christian Manella, but I'm sure one that uh, Janice <laughs> would probably, after some of the big saves he had made, uh, to let that one in, but nonetheless... Uh, you know, Christian driving the net and keeping his feet moving, shooting in stride and, uh, you know, beating him. We'll get a question from Charlie in just a second. We uh, just wanted to mention one thing while you brought up Barrett Eggett. He is about to climb yet another record. He already leads the franchise record for for most every category for the Cyclones franchise. This this one of late dating back to 
uh, 2002, I believe, and then the franchise prior to that was in Miami and Louisville. Uh, but obviously, the Cyclones have been around since the early, early 90s when you were a member of the team for, for a short while. Uh, he's about to climb up the ladder in two of the team categories for the Cyclones, dating back to the 1990s. Uh, he needs just two points to pass Todd Simon, if you remember him, uh, to pass him for fourth on the Cyclones all-time points leaderboard. He will also pass one of my favorite defensemen, number five, Jeff Wells, who uh, was also on the all-time games played list. He will uh, have 306 when he passes him. So this weekend, as long as you don't scratch him from the lineup, he will make he will he will pass him. So uh, give it up again for Barrett Eggets, who's obviously not here, but certainly uh, well deserved a round of applause. And and as he continues to to play this season, I can imagine many more of those records will continue to fall, and Barrett will continue to climb. Well, Todd Simon, he was a heck of a player. Uh, uh, you know, for the Cyclones and had some success in Rochester and Buffalo Sabres uh, up there. And then yeah. coming here, Todd Simon was a heck of a player. So for Barrett to, uh, to on the verge of passing Todd, I think, is absolutely terrific. And I had, don't have the leaderboard in front of me, but I would imagine, I, I can't remember, I'd have to pull it up before the show is over. He'll, he'll eclipse a, a handful more of those numbers uh, from all-time Cyclones uh, in the course of the season. And also fitting to note, and I promise, Charlie, I'll get to your question, uh, the pace that, that Mark Chevry is on right now, he will set – not a Cyclones back to the 1990s record, but a franchise record, or at least close to it, of wins. He's on pace for 24, which would be the most since 2006, 2007. And we all know who, who hit that record that year. That was Seti, Cedric Desjardins, who made his NHL debut uh, with the Lightning just uh, a couple weeks back. All right, now finally, we will get another question from the crowd. Charlie is the mic. Charlie, you go ahead. With the coming out of a retirement for Ernie Hartley and the return of Bobby Getford, how do you guys mentally prepare for those games on Friday and Saturday? Well, I thought, uh, you know, with Ernie Hartley, uh, you know, he's, he's a good player. Uh, knowing that he has not played at this level for a while, um, you know, I, I felt that was to our advantage. I think uh, uh, he's a fan favorite and, you know, he's on the ice. It was exciting for, for the fans and stuff, but... Uh, you know, our, our thing on Friday and Saturday was, you know, to push the pace of the game because I felt their depth was really in trouble. I, I thought after you got through Fadden and Lemieux and, and um, you know, Wah, and then they signed a kid out of college, a kid, Tommy, I believe, or uh, Mo Tony Mosey. Yeah, Tony Mosey, yep. Um, you know, and with having a, this Fukula kid that, uh, you know, he brought <laughs> – he brought the game back 30, 40 years. And uh, Brett Holmberg's here. Uh, Brett plays in Bloomington in the uh, Central Hockey League. I coached him for two years. And Fukula was at uh, – he played with him earlier in this year. And uh, I just couldn't believe this kid was in the lineup. So now you're looking at – you've got uh, Ernie Hartlieb that, that hasn't really skated much. He's out of shape. You've got Tony Mosey, right, playing his first pro game. And then you've got this Fukula that can't skate, shoot, or pass. I thought <laughs> this is to our advantage. And the message to the guys was get the pace up. Like, let's not slow down. You know, obviously, we want Barrett and uh, Reynolds and uh, Aben against that top line. But we have got to keep the pace high because it will play to our advantage as the game goes along. And, and I felt that that played to our advantage because, you know, uh, Ernie can't log – 16, 17, 18 minutes of ice time. This Tony Mosey kid, just first-year pro, you cannot play this Fukula. So let's push the pace, and I thought it played to our advantage. Any more questions? Or is that it? 
I guess, what did you think when Ernie Hartlieb scored the shootout goal Saturday? Ah, I was just fitting. I was like, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. I mean, that crowd, uh, and, and to be honest with you, I don't really know Ernie's history down there. I, I understand he played there for a while. I didn't know he was a, as popular as he was, but you could tell when they announced that Ernie was shooting and the crowd actually got onto its feet and it's like, man, I played against a guy in Grand Rapids. I thought he was okay. I didn't know he was a freaking <laughs> cult hero. And uh, he, uh, yeah, you know, the crowd got his feet and he scores. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And, and I believe that Abby goal. It was basically when Hartley had scored it, it was, it was you better score, it's over. And it was Abby. And Abby yeah. came in and, and, and stashed it. And thinking, oh, come on, Abby, just, you know, get something out of this. And he, he scored and, of course, they missed. And, and the funny thing about choosing guys is that, uh, you know, uh, it's funny how you go in patterns. Like I know that uh, Sproder has some moments when he, that that movie uses very successful, and of late it hasn't. And then you know Ego's got that little fake through the five hole thing that's been it's successful worked. for him. But um, the most deceiving guys are those defensemen, a guy like OH that you know they don't sell anything. They just sort of come down, and as a goalie, you really don't know. No what he's going to do, and for him to just to come down and, and, and shoot it far side there and score, I thought that was absolutely terrific. Nice windmill celebration at the end and oh, yeah, that join was, the boys in the, in the crease. That was great, and uh, that room after we got off, uh, off the ice and uh, they were in the locker room, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a great moment, and to, you know, like, like we said, you, you, you look at it, and as, as a coach, you, you can use that one game at a time, and you really do have to look at it that way. You mm-hmm. can't look at a three-game series down in Florida and say, "Well, if we got two out of, uh, you know, two points out of six, I'd be happy." Or four. You really. And to be honest with you, if we didn't get that six point on Saturday, that would have been a disappointment to us. Mm-hmm. The way we played and everything, it would have left. It would have been five out of six points, but it would have left a little bit of a. A sour taste, and for myself and from the players, because I felt that the way we played, we 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 needed to get, mm-hmm. we deserved that six the sixth point, and um, I thought uh, you could tell the guys how excited they were, and um, uh, it was it was a great moment getting six. I, I I you know to go to sit here before we left the way things were going to say we're going to get uh-huh. six points in Florida into that bees nest. It was uh, <laughs> it was uh, I. I that was going to be tough. Well, I'm w- looking at your face, too, afterward. We went out to, to grab a bite to eat after the game, and, and we were walking in, and you're just like, man, that was fun, but, boy, am I tired. Oh, wiped. <laughs> Those games were the action. Uh, it was back and forth, and uh, it, it was exciting. It was a, an exciting uh, three games. It was, a, it was a great trip all around for everybody, except for you beating me at golf, Nick, but we'll, yeah, we'll, well. we'll address that another time. Nine times Later out of ten. Here. Nine times out of every blind blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. But uh, and my buddy that that was golfing actually put it on Facebook. The yes, he Facebook did. There. Yes, he did. The kid took down the coach. Winner, so. winner. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I can uh, be a, a winner on the golf course, it's a a miracle and b a, a good day for yeah. me. Herb, you brought it up uh, in the shootout. You said using a defenseman in that spot. But you had such a wide selection of defensemen. What brought you to use O? It's not a wide selection, Herb. There's uh, <laughs> Kevin Roeder, <laughs> Brock Sheehan. Those are guys you're not going to use in the shootout. Um, thank God Ben Olsen wasn't in there. <laughs> uh, so I wouldn't say wide selection of defensemen. Uh, a guy I know that can shoot the puck fairly well is Brian O'Hanley. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I went with him. Like, uh, um, it, it's just something about uh, defensemen. Sometimes you'll see a lot of teams, even the NHL, you'll use a defenseman that just, you know, it, it, they're, they're deceptive. Uh, and it, you've got to go to your guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. Then As I'm saying this, why don't I just use all the defensemen in the shootout? You know, you've got to go to your guys that give you the best opportunity. And, and Matthew Aubman can shoot the puck very well. Sproder's got a, you know, a, a, an offensive touch. And, you know, Echo's been, you know, doing it for years and stuff. So you've got to go to those guys. And uh, But, you know, every once in a while, a defenseman will come down and just be very deceptive with the way they shoot the puck. And uh, they keep it simple. One thing about forwards is forwards will complicate the game, and a lot of times defensemen will simplify it. So in the situation with the way the ice is now taking away the Zamboni rule that they don't flood the ice, that, that changes things. You know, you've got to go down a lot of times and shoot the puck. You know, like Sproder has a move where he tries to go his backhand, and not that's his, 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 the success level lowers by the way the ice is. I mean, it's a tougher move. So... A lot of times a defenseman maybe going to shoot for the first time is like, well, I'm just going to shoot it because I have no moves. So I'm just going to go down and fire it. And that's probably the best thing you can do. And a lot of times in a scenario in a shootout is go down and shoot the puck. Just go down and fire it. You're giving yourself a better opportunity than trying to make a move. And actually going second in the shootout, that sort of plays into your hand. Because if Brian were, were to have missed, you still had the next round to go. Here's a thought, and, and the shootouts that we've had at home, I believe we had two, Nick. We have one at home. One at home. I think. One at home, and then I, you beat Gwinnett, and Eggett's won it. I choose to go first because I would rather put the pressure on the goalie than the shooter. You know, so, you know, the, the thought process, and this is what I think about, and, and maybe we'll reevaluate it. I don't know. I would rather have our goalie make a stop than us needing to score a goal to to extend, you know, like Matthew Aubin, you know, they get that stop, they win the game. You know what I mean? That's a lot of pressure on Matthew Aubin. I would rather put it on the goalie. Um, and so that's why I'll pick to go first, and I know exactly why he was thinking that too. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to get the stop than it is to score the goal, the percentages. And that's what I meant. Yeah. With, with, with the way that one played out, you being shooting second, mm -hmm. it made that decision – a little easier yeah. because, okay, if, if Brian doesn't make it, we've got another round. I know you're saying that instead of picking Avi, if I put OH there, that, that's a big – we need Avi to score. Oh, yeah. We need Avi to score there. So no, I'm talking saying. about the way it played out. Yeah. yeah. You know, even if Brian – yes, he made it. We still got it. We saw the life. Yeah, he you still know, had still a life. We're still going. We still got another – we got, we got two more opportunities. We, need, we get a stop and we get a shot. So, Exactly. Good question. Oh, and I looked it up. We have one other home shootout, and that was the 2-1 shootout loss to Reading, and that was it. Everything, everything Shootout-wise, we're now 2-2 two two after that. So uh, it's been one of those things, too, where you're, you've been able to pick up points, and, and that's all that you can ask for once you get to the extra session. But like you said, it was great to get that sixth point out of the way. we got to take a break. When we come back, we will look ahead to a busy week for the Cyclones as the next 16 out of the next 19 games will be spent at U.S. Bank Arena beginning Wednesday at 7.30 for Pucks and Pino and a wet Wednesday against the Kalamazoo Wings. We'll talk about that more as we continue as we're about 12 minutes away from 7, or from 8, excuse me, at CyclonesHockey.com. You're listening to CyclonesHockey.com. 
Don't mind me, I'm just talking amongst the crowd. I'm Nick Brunker, live with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, as we get set to wrap up another week of the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show as we look ahead now to a busy week. And I mentioned it before we took the last break that 16 of the next 19 games will be spent at U.S. Bank Arena. And, and as well as you've played on the road, it's always nice to kind of sleep in the own bed, go through the, the home routine, uh, and certainly without saying, you look at the numbers and the schedule ahead, home games aside, you play almost all of them against division rivals. So this is a big set. Oh, absolutely. And we, we, we discussed this with the group is um – you know, this is this is moving month. Uh, this is where you, <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you know, move up in the standings or move down here, and it's uh, kind of uh, up to us. We're, we're we're set up nicely with obviously with a home rec home uh, home games, but uh, you know, th these games are huge. I mean, this really is a, an opportunity for every every team in our division here to, you know, decide where where they're going to end up and in, in whether they get in first place or, or how this is all going to play out, but. Uh, it's a huge month for everybody. It starts Wednesday against Kalamazoo at 7.30 opening face-off. And, of course, most Wednesdays, including this one here, Dollar Beers, Dollar PBR, Dollar Miller High Life. In addition to the Pucks and Pino, another reminder, if you're just uh, tuning in or just coming into the uh, to the bar here, 10 spots left. So there are not a lot of spaces. 33 bucks if you don't have a ticket. 20 bucks if you do. Just gra grab a, a sales guy if you're at the, the game or if you just want to call tomorrow, 513-421-PUCK. Probably your best bet. Uh, for uh, wine tasting and hors d'oeuvres before the game up in the all-access bar and grill restaurant. Uh, talk about Kalamazoo briefly because you'll play Wheeling over the weekend. You've seen them a lot more recently than you have with the Wings. Uh, I would imagine they will have a different look than you probably remember since you haven't faced them in, in quite some time. What do you know about them now versus when you saw them weeks ago? Well, they were, well, the last time we saw them, I believe, was here in uh, Cincinnati. We beat them 5-2. Five, uh, five I think there was an empty net goal and mm -hmm. stuff. And, and they were a team just kind of reeling with uh, injuries and call-ups and stuff. So, uh, you know, they made, a, they made a couple moves. I see that Lysing Ring has uh, got recalled to Bridgeport again. Mm -hmm. So not quite sure what type of lineup we're going to have on, um, on Wednesday. And neither, neither will we exactly till uh, Wednesday. So... <laughs> Um, like I said, with Ryan Del Monte potentially being here uh, Wednesday, we'll see. But uh, you know, uh, tomorrow will be uh, the day will be spent talking to other coaches and stuff that have seen them recently and and going over some game tape of uh, their recent games and stuff. But uh, you know, they, they they've got some weapons here. I mean, uh, we all know Sam Fatorik here, who you know, uh, big shot. He's going to shoot mm -hmm. from everywhere, and Corey Carlander who. The ageless Corey Carlander <laughs> continues to, uh, uh, you know, get points and stuff. So, you know, we kind of know the makeup of their team and things that uh, that we're going to want to do and uh, and just kind of see what what type of personnel that they they have right now. So, uh, uh, we're excited. I mean, it was great. One, one good thing, uh, just to touch on the last um, last trip and telling on how how much fun guys are having is, uh, you know, we had a optional pregame skate on Saturday. And generally, when a coach calls an optional, like in a situation like this, you may get eight, ten, twelve guys. We had uh, we had everybody except Barrett, who, you know, probably smarter than the other guys, did take the option <laughs> off. And but you know, you know, you guys are having fun and want to be part of it when you have call an optional and every every guy comes out like that. So and it was. Uh, it was fun, but uh, you know we're excited to get back on the ice uh, tomorrow morning and uh, you know get a good a good skate in and kind of get prepared for uh, for Kalamazoo and of course the weekend uh, 
uh, with Wheeling. I'd imagine, too, when you look at the game against Kalamazoo, with the type of goalie Ryan Nye, as we talked about it in the past, now this is assuming he's going to play. Riley Gill was the, the netminder in the last two meetings that you had. Both are still with the club. Uh, if it is Nye, I would imagine, and even if it isn't, you want to start the same way you have in the last three games, and that despite Florida scoring the first goal in the final two games, you really controlled the play early on. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, it sets yourself up so nicely uh, to, to come out with that energy and almost show the other team you're here to work, you're here to compete, it's going to be a long night. And, uh, um, you know, we've stressed the fact that, you know, you don't, you don't pick starters. I don't, st- I, I don't just draw names out of a hat to start the game you know and I said I, I as a player myself I took a lot of pride in starting the game yeah uh, you know that a coach has actually selected me to start the game and I said it, it I put a lot of stake into it, who starts the game and and, and I, I think you've got to take a lot of pride in it. a lot of pride in winning that first face-off that that's a huge face-off that opening face-off to a hockey game is a big face-off you know either we're going to get on offense to start the game or we're going to be on defense and um, you know, we've stressed a lot of little details of the game like that that I think guys are, uh, have understood. And uh, um, like I said, you know, they, they, they've come back in Florida. They scored the first goal. I don't think it was a lack of effort. It wasn't a lack of uh, being ready. You know, it just happened. And uh, But the guys stuck with it. And now we look forward to a Wheeling series. There is one quick note that, that I wanted to pass along. I will post it on the website. Matter of fact, it's already changed on the website. Since it is a game in Wheeling, a lot of people tend to go up there uh, if they want to travel. It's a relatively close enough trip you can make it. For those of you that are planning on going, uh, the game has been moved back to 8.05 to accommodate the uh, uh, Steelers Yeah, against the, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens game. I guess it's, they're playing at 4.30. Uh, or four uh, on Saturday, so the game will be 8:05, not 7:35. So, so if that makes a difference for your travel plans, keep that in mind. But a Friday game at U.S. Bank Arena, which will be Twister Bobblehead Night for the first 2,500 fans in attendance, so should be a, a packed house on hand as Bobblehead Nights tend to be. Uh, and, and obviously against the Nailers Club that, that as we've seen, can score goals and that has kind of been flip-flopping with you in the North Division standings. This, like any other series with Wheeling, is huge. Yeah, and I, you know, I think we've, we, you know, we'd li- we'd like to establish ourselves against these guys. I mean, we've uh, they blew us out twice, and but they weren't those type of games. I didn't feel like and they were both two-two going in the third, right. and uh, things got away on us a little bit there. It's a team that we really need to establish ourselves against and consistently, you know, have that effort and and, and find success against. So, uh, you know, we'll focus on. Um, on Wednesday, but also knowing that we've got three in a row, I believe, against uh, these guys coming mm-hmm. up. So, uh, you know, they're going to be battles, and especially where, where we're at in the standings. And that, that top seed in the in division is, is absolutely huge for, for, for all of us. So it's a, it's a big thing for us. And certainly as we wrap things up on the show, uh, you would hope that the attitude in the locker room, as it, it has kind of grown, like you mentioned, the team has come together, that – that this is the start of, of what will be a really great stretch. And, I, and you would imagine going into the, the morning skate or the practice tomorrow morning and then morning skate Wednesday that, that these guys kind of continue the, the grind and continue what they started in Florida. Yeah, you know, and the, the message is going to be, you know, respect what you've accomplished. You know, respect how hard you've had to work, the sacrifices you had to make on the ice, and, and let's not lose focus of, of all those little details that, that we did down there. Uh, in order to make us successful. And, you know, that's going to be the message going into Wednesday. And uh, uh, hope to see you all out there, and uh, we're excited. It's going to be a packed house. Hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday night. The game is a 7.30 face-off. Doors open at 6.30. Tickets available, 421 Puck. 
For head coach Jared Scaldi, I'm Nick Brunker. Have a great night, and we'll see you back here next Monday for another edition of the Coors Light Cyclones Coaches Show. Have a great week, everybody.